0: Well, good morning again, everybody. It's really great to see you here. Those of you who are on site with us this morning, it's great to have you here. Those of you who are here online with us uh, this morning or catching up a little bit later, it's great to have you with us too. My name's Chris. I'm the Senior Minister at ABC, and I'm finishing today our series that we've been doing over the last five weeks called The Next Chapter, when we've been looking together at what God might have for us in the next chapter of the story that we're writing together uh, at Andover Baptist Church. And I want to start with a different kind of story, if I may, uh, this morning. Number of years ago, now, we were staying with some friends uh, over the sort of that time in between Christmas and New Year and over the New Year period, and doing the kind of job that I do, Christmas is a really busy time. So we were really excited about spending some time with our friends, relaxing, chilling out, having New Year, all of that kind of stuff, and, uh, and that just being a really restful time. So I'd kind of not really been looking at my phone or anything like that, and uh, I'd been engaging uh, in, in the, the time off we were having and then I did pick up my phone to see that I had a whole load of messages that were two or three days old and when I listened to those messages they were uh, desperate ones actually from some friends of mine back at the church where I was serving and some great friends in the church were going through a really difficult period and uh, uh, the lady in the family it was a married couple uh, she was been taken really seriously ill So I, of course, immediately phoned up the people who had left the messages to find out what had happened. And sadly, in the two or three days since the message had come through to me, she'd passed away. And of course, I felt awful because I hadn't checked these messages and all that kind of stuff. And I hired a car and jumped in the car, left the family and shot straight back to our hometown as it was then and spent some time with my great friend who was the husband who just lost his wife. And it was a desperate and tragic uh, situation. And uh, as I reflected on it then and reflect upon it now, what was amazing to see was how this community of people that he and his wife uh, were a part of just wrapped themselves around this chap and cared for and loved and all of that kind of stuff. And I saw that unfolding not just in the immediate aftermath of what was going on, but over many months and indeed years too. And I reflect on that now and I think, why did that happen? Well then I reflect on that couple, the two of them, and indeed now still my friend, still incredibly involved and engaged in the communities of which they were a part. They, uh, and I would put it like this, deliberately placed themselves at the heart of multiple communities including the church community of which we were a part together. They deliberately placed themselves at the center of that community out of their passion for serving and for loving others. They were just the, the most incredible people at taking care of others the most loyal and faithful fiercely loyal friends and when they were going through this most difficult moment of their lives it circled right back at them and my friend was cared for and loved and supported and is doing really well these days. That for me is an example of when deep connection or community is functioning at its absolute best. I can think of other examples, more cheery examples than that as well. I think of another great friend of mine uh, who uh, he and I have prayed together on a weekly basis over many, many years. Now we live in different parts of the country, uh, but we still swap emails Uh, Usually, not quite every week these days, where one or other of us uh, usually triggers and says, oh, we haven't spoken for a little while, but we send each other these emails. Would you pray for me for this this week? Can I pray for you for anything? What would you like? And we've done that, I don't know now how long it's been, 10, 15 years of that kind of connection, and I'm so grateful for that connection. Actually, at my previous church, he and I decided we'd start a man's group together. A men's group, group, that's the plural, isn't it? A men's group together. And in fact, we decided we'd just start it for any blokes in the church who wanted to come. So we just decided to start this blokes group. And I have to be honest with you, we were really nervous about it. Because A, we thought nobody would show up. And B, we prepared loads of material because we thought, this is blokes after all, and they're never gonna talk, and they're never gonna open up, so we better have a whole ton of stuff to do. Well, we launched this first week, this group. We said, if you're a bloke and you wanna come, All these blokes came, so many blokes came, we had to split into smaller groups. And then he and I, who had been leading some of these smaller groups, we got together at the end of the evening. And we said, how did that go for you? Expecting the response to be, I was like getting blood out of a stone to get these blokes to open up. And we both had exactly the same experience. We couldn't shut them up. We'd like with all that material, it was a complete waste of time and deep, a deep kind of sharing, not like a just, oh, everything's fine with me, but people owning up to stuff. And I mean, it was just incredible. And I thought, gosh, there's a real craving for this kind of connection. And I'm so blessed these days to have a little bunch of blokes uh, who um, I connect with through a WhatsApp group and we get together once a fortnight or so. And I've got to be honest with you, uh, you'd like to think, wouldn't you, that your minister gets together with a bunch of other blokes in a little small group and studies the Bible at length and in detail. We drink beer and pray for one another. That's about how our little group goes. But we love it. I love it. And I'm so grateful to those guys. And even as it's about to happen this week, everybody's off doing different things. We can't meet together physically this week because we've all got different commitments. Still a little WhatsApp group going. And we know, I know, if I want them to pray for anything, I can just say, please pray for me in this or that or the other. Just thinking through this week about these examples of connection and community. And you see, I think we are made for that. I think all of us actually crave for that. We're made for community. You know this, I don't have to tell you this. You're, you're made for community. You don't have to be a Christian to get that or understand that, that, that we are at our best. We're in relationship with other people. As a Christian, I think that's because God made us that way. I think God made us with a need for one another a need to connect with one another. And I'm not necessarily talking about family connections, although of course they can be good. I'm not necessarily talking about parenting or marriage or whatever that might be. This can be about friendship, about meeting up with other groups of people who are in similar situations in life to you. Could be close friendships, could be bigger groups, smaller groups, one-to-ones, whatever that might be, we can all have those, regardless of our family situation or circumstance. And we all need that. I'm totally convinced of that, and I'm sure probably you are too, that that your best experiences in life are when they're shared with other people. But there is a but, and it's quite a big but, if I can put it that way. It's huge, actually. And the but is this, that that kind of community doesn't come to us if we just sit back and don't do anything about it. See, if you wait for it, it doesn't usually come to you. Because you see, the situation is this. There isn't some magic group of people out there who are the people who do community to everybody else. And then everybody else can sit back and wait for it to be done for them and there's this great amazing group of people who just travel around doing community to other people that's not how it works if we just sit back and wait for it to be done to us then we will be disappointed because you see community connection relationship is by its very nature mutual we do it to one another We can't just wait for it to be done to us. There's no point sitting back and saying, I want deep connection, so I'm gonna wait for it to come to me, I'm gonna expect it to come to me. And in a few moments time, I'm gonna talk about what steps we can each take to move towards that kind of community and connection. To not just sit back, but to get in the game and to move towards that kind of community and connection. But just before I do that, I wanna paint a picture Of what this community and connection is like. I've kind of, I hope, painted a little bit of a picture about it already but I want to create a further picture and in order to do that I want to go to the description of the very first New Testament church. If you've been around ABC for any length of time you've heard us talking about this description because it's foundational to who we are and what we think God is calling us to become. And if you're new to ABC, you're so welcome. If you say, well, look, I'm exploring faith, I'm not sure what I believe uh, just yet, but I'm, I'm starting to connect with you and maybe through you to God, Well, you are so, so welcome. And this is a great uh, week for you to be kind of coming into our community on, because I'm going to be talking about what I think this is all supposed to be about, what we're trying to do as a church when it comes to facilitating connection with one another. So I'm going to use this description of the first New Testament church. And I hope and pray that uh, this talk today is going to be useful for all of us, no matter what stage we're at, what stage of life, what stage in our faith journey, all of us, because we all need this. It's the final part today of this series we've been doing called The Next Chapter. And so far we've looked at four things that I think will mark out our next chapter together as a church that we think will be key. That we'll be looking to help one another, follow Jesus more closely, encounter God more regularly, care for each other and for our communities of which we're a part and the world of which we're a part more radically, and sharing Jesus with other people more intentionally. And today I want to finish the series by talking about connecting more deeply. So let's look. At this church, and this description of this church. You can find it in a book in the New Testament called Acts, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. So if you want to follow along with the Bible in front of you, you might want to do that on a Bible in, a, in one of the Bible apps, uh, like you version that we like, or you can simply follow along because it's going to appear on the screen uh, here. So I'm going to read this description of this church. And as I do so, I want you to look out. And by the way, I've given you a clue because I've highlighted the words in yellow. Look out for the words that talk about this kind of sense of connection and it says and this is this description this first bunch of Jesus followers who'd started gathering together in the first church says this they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So I hope you can see there some expressions and examples of this deep connection that they were experiencing together. We're told that all the believers were together. Another translation of this same text says they were like family to one another, So this whole thing is like a, a deep descriptor of the experience they were having of community. And it's kind of summarized in this verse, verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were together. So we may say, well, that sounds great. Everybody was together and they had everything in common. That sounds great. How do we achieve that? How do we get to that goal of that kind of deep connection? How do we get there as a church community? How do we get there with one another? Well, we get some clues uh, through this, this text about how that was happening and why it was happening. And the first clue we get to is in verse 45. We're told, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So I wanna put this like this. They shared a common mission. They shared a common mission. And their mission was to serve other people. See, sharing a common goal or a common mission is a great way to experience deep connection with other people. Because you see, when we share a common mission or a common goal, those things that would potentially divide us or those disagreements that we might have or those differences that we have or our different way of doing things, they become secondary when we are in line with a common goal. My most profound experience of this, and I get when I tell this story, by the way, that you're all gonna sit there and go, yeah, but we can't do that all the time, I get it. But my most profound experience of this kind of deep connection forged by a common goal was a number of years ago, I led a team of people with one or two other friends to Sierra Leone, and we went there for 10 days, and we went there to help and support some friends and partners that we've got there in some of the work that they were doing, and we took a team of people, and it was a ragtag team of people from our church. So there were about a dozen of us, I think, maybe not quite that many, 8, 10, 12, I can't remember how many it was. Uh, Such was the profound sense of community we experienced. I can't really remember how many people were there, but that's not the point of the story. We went and we we, we went and we had this uh, trip together and we were a ragtag bunch of people. There were old people and young people and all sorts of people. And uh, uh, we had this most profound sense of connection together. We used to meet together at the beginning and end of every day to kind of brief the day and then debrief the day and make sure everybody was doing okay. And uh, in those days, when you went to Sierra Leone, often health would be an issue. Everybody, everybody had health issues during the course of the week, uh, usually caused by malaria tablets and all that kind of stuff. So everybody had one of those days where they didn't want to be too far away from the nearest bathroom. It was always that kind of experience. So we always got together. How are you doing? Are you okay today? How are you feeling? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. We prayed together about. About the day ahead, and thank God for the day that it had been. And then we went out and served in all sorts of different ways, uh, uh, doing things in orphanages and kids' homes, and all sorts of different things like that. And then we'd come back at the end of the day and we'd come together and we'd talk about what we'd done and what we'd seen. And we all commented that by the end of that 10 day period, we felt so close as a group of people and we'd experienced this deep connection together. And we still talk about it today. It's because we shared a common goal that those things that might be different between us or different ways we might do things or different experiences we might have had, they didn't matter. Because we had a common goal and a common purpose that was bigger than any of that. Now I get that life isn't like that all the time. We can't all go on those kind of trips uh, all the time. We can't all have that kind of intense experience with one another, but we can share a common goal. And we can share a common goal in a church like ours. Our common goal as a community, to love God, to love people, and to grow together to be more like Jesus, can unite us and bring us a deep sense of connection that's way more important than our differences or our disagreements or our preferences or the different ways we'd do it if we were in charge. can be way, way bigger than any of that because we share a common purpose and a common goal. And so often, I think, We become divided when we lose sight of the goal. Now, isn't it amazing right now in our world, with all the horrors that are going on, many of us have been commenting that our world almost feels more united than it's felt for a very, very long time, because the world is coming together to say, this thing in Ukraine is not acceptable. And all those differences that we have across the world are paling in the face of this situation that the world is facing up to right now. And that can be true in a church family as well, that what we have in Jesus unites us way more than the differences that there would be between us. So the first thing that can build that deep sense of connection is having a common purpose or a common goal. The second thing we find in verse 36, every day they 46 sorry, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts, gathering together builds a sense of community and connection among us. And we've experienced that, haven't we? All the negative of that over COVID. I mean, so many good things, so much amazing technology that allowed us to stay connected during the last two years when we were physically isolated from one another, but actually it doesn't beat being together, does it? Physically, with one another. You know, not all of them. I mean, it says here, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. This wouldn't have been all of them every day. I mean, they still had to earn a living. They still had to feed the families. They still had to put the kids to bed. They still had to do all of those things. But some groups of them were meeting every day. Meeting together and pursuing and prioritizing meeting together is a key part of connecting. Meeting together like this in bigger groups, but also meeting in smaller groups as well. Number three, this is my favorite, by the way. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Eating together is a great way of building connection and depth of community. Something happens, doesn't it, when you're eating together, when you share hospitality, when you're having a coffee with somebody, whatever it might be. Hospitality is one of those amazing things. Something happens when we open our homes to one another or we meet at a coffee shop together. We buy somebody a coffee. Practicing hospitality, doing hospitality is one of those things that helps build connection. Number four, they praise God together. Verse 47, they praise God together. You know, I think praising God together, worshipping God together, singing together is one of those things that can unite us. It's why football fans sing at football matches And it's one of the reasons why we sing in church, because it binds us together, it unites us together. And I get that in, again, a diverse group of people like we have in a church like this, we all have our preferences when it comes to musical style, I understand that. But if we allow the wonder of what we are doing when we sing together to be the first thing that we think of, Maybe our preferences fade into the background a little bit. Can you just think about the wonder of what happens when we sing together, when we worship God together? A whole bunch of people, both on-site and online, and we always encourage those who are joining in online to connect with our song worship, whatever way it kind of works. But this group of people coming together in different locations, different places, coming together and joining their voices together as one in praise of the one... God, who we believe created us, made us, hears us, smiles over us when we proclaim the truth together in our songs that we sing, when we think of the wonder of that, with our voices, good, and in my case, not so good, when that doesn't matter and we join together singing, something happens. I was just thinking that. I felt that quite profoundly when we were just singing at the beginning of our service there today, because like many of you, I'm anxious and worried about the state of the world. I wonder what on earth we can do. How can we possibly be light in the darkness of our world right now? But, you know, there is something, and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to explain it because it's mysterious and it's weird. if, If you're not a Jesus follower, you think this is really weird. But there's something happens when we join together and we say, Whatever is going on in our world, whatever we don't understand, or we don't get, or we can't grasp, or we're anxious about, or our hearts are just breaking for those people who are suffering in so many different ways. When in spite of all of that, in the midst of our doubts and our not understandings, we say this is our story, that we will praise God in the midst of all of this. Do you know, the powers of darkness are pushed back a bit when we do that. And I don't know how that works, and I don't know exactly why it works, but the powers of darkness are pushed back because it lifts us and our spirits and our souls. And it unites us somehow with our brothers and sisters who are suffering in the Ukraine and in all those countries that they've had to flee to right now. Something happens. Something happens. And, you know, it is a little bit sad, and I'm going to be really honest with you now, and I do apologize in advance if I upset people. It is a little bit sad to me when in the midst of all that, we worry about which songs we like best. Honestly, you know, because there is a miracle going on. And maybe when we hold on to that, our preferences and our desires just fade away a little bit and we can remember what it is that we're doing. And then fifth and final thing. Sorry, hobby horse there for a little moment. But this fifth and final thing, it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All of this is based on the foundation of a relationship with Jesus and remembering what he has done for them. When it's, We're told here about the breaking of bread and to prayer. That, you know, we've got the eating together thing a little bit uh, later on. This is specifically referencing what Jesus commanded his followers to do, which is to break bread together in remembrance of his body broken for them. So when they're doing this, they're remembering what Jesus has done for them. You know, if Jesus gave their life for each of them, which is what they're remembering, then they were connecting with others whom Jesus died for too. That Jesus didn't just die for each and each individual one of them, he died for all of them. And so they're connecting. You know, if Jesus gave his life for me, if I believe that, then I have to believe that he gave his life for each of you, for all of you as well. And again, that brings us that unity and connection and it binds us together. So remembering who Jesus is and what he's done as the foundation of this community and connection that we're trying to build is another way that we do it. So let's just look. Five ways, then, that uh, we pursue a deeper connection with one another. We share in a common mission, and we remember the mission that we share. We meet together, whatever that looks like. We practice hospitality. We share that together. We eat together. We praise God together. And we remember the foundations of who Jesus is and what He has done. And then, look, I want you to see the outcome of all of this. I referenced this last week, if you were here or you catching up from last week. It says, "They enjoyed the favor of all the people. People liked them. People from outside looked in at this community and they went, "Wow, they're OK. They're good, they're nice. They're connecting together. They enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. So people were joining them because it was attractive. They were attracted by Jesus, but they were attracted by this community. And you know, that would be our heart and our passion here, that the connection that we experience together is deep and wonderful and supportive and all that kind of stuff. And that is attractive to other people. You know, we'd love it that people want to come and be part of our community way before they're a follower of Jesus. That they may be exploring faith, but there's something so attractive about the community that which we're part. they want to come and be a part of it as they're on that journey of exploration. And we say, that's great. That's exactly who we want to be. We want our community to be so attractive that people want to come and be a part of it because this is what the world craves. This is what the world needs, and whilst the world rec- might recognize its need for a relationship with other people, it doesn't always understand that people are built for community, that God made us that way, and so when we get it right, it's a deeply attractive thing. The world's no different today than it was 2,000 years ago. People need and want this kind of community. But look, there's one more key to all of this that I've glossed over so far, but that you may have noticed. Look, they devoted themselves to it. This does not happen by accident. You know, so often these days, we want instant gratification without the work. You see, this kind of deep connection and deep community is not something that comes instantly. It needs work. It needs devotion. It's not something that comes to us if we just sit back. You know, here at ABC, we have a set of values that link into these things we've been doing over the last few weeks together. That those values determine who we believe God is calling us to be, what we believe God is calling us to be as a church to become. They're aspirational. And one of them says this: that we long to be a welcoming, inclusive community. We want this deep connection with one another and we want people to be able to come and experience it and be welcomed into it and experience it too. We've still got a way to go. We're human, right? We fail, we mess up, we don't always get it right, we upset one another. Of course we do. We're human. There's still a way to go in this for us as a church. We're a long way from the finished article when it comes to this and indeed to all of our different values that we have. But We have an aspiration to get there and it will take all of us devoting ourselves to it and welcoming people including them connecting more deeply with them is something we can all play our part in and it doesn't by the way mean we have to agree with everything somebody does or everything that they do or all things that they believe doesn't believe that we have to endorse every way in which people behave and all the things that they say and do we don't have to agree or or endorse all of that stuff to welcome people into a community but we must remember too that the commands of Jesus are to love and not to judge so we should be able to welcome people you know we build this kind of community together we build it together but it won't happen if we sit on the sidelines. There's a great book I love written a number of years ago by a guy called Kyle Eidelman, and he talks about, uh, it's called, the title of the book is Not a Fan. Because he said, you know, the reason why Christianity is so different from lots of other things that go on in our society and our world is that so much of what goes on, we can sit on the sidelines and watch it unfolding in front of us. So if you go and watch a, a football match or a cricket match or a rugby match, whatever it is, you sit in the stands and you watch it unfolding in front of you. And quite often you hurl abuse at the referee or the players when you think you could do it better. And that's great. And I love that, by the way. Well, they're going to watch not necessarily hurling abuse. I should make that clear. But I love going to watch sport and getting all involved in that. And that's great. But Christianity, following Jesus, is not a spectator sport. It's easy to sit in the stands and criticise the people who are on the pitch, in the game, doing the stuff. But that's not what it was ever supposed to be like. When it comes to following Jesus, everybody's supposed to be on the pitch. Everybody's supposed to get involved. That's why the headline of the book is, don't be a fan, not a fan. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. We need to get in the game. So how do we get in the game in a community like ours when it comes to building these deeper connections? Well, there are some things we do together, things like connect groups, smaller groups of people meeting, that description I gave earlier on of that little bunch of blokes that I get together to meet up with, that's a connect group. And lots of anybody can do that so be a part of a connect group and we have lots of them around about the church or start your own even better we can be on a serving team you know i said one of the things that unites us and builds that deep sense of connection is when we serve together when we have a common purpose and being on a serving team is a great way of building connection you know we have this thing Uh, uh, our group, our team, get together early on a Sunday morning to get all this ready and to go through stuff and to run it through and to make sure it all works and all that kind of stuff, iron out any kinks. And then uh, about 10 minutes before everybody shows up, just get together and we have a little prayer together. We pray together for the morning ahead. I don't know about the rest, you can ask the rest of our amazing tech team and people in the studio and all that kind of stuff. I just sense a great sense of community and connection when we're together in those moments. Serving God about to serve God together serving on a team is a great way to build connection So there are some things we can do together some things meeting together I could have, have unpacked that probably more than enough already meeting together like this Some things we can do individually reach out to someone or some people Reach out invite them for a coffee invite them into your home practice hospitality great way just to start connecting with people, just reach out to somebody, demonstrate an act of kindness, ask somebody how you can pray for them, whatever it might be, a way of connecting. So just as we come into land this morning, I just want to remind you of those things we've said throughout this series that we feel God calling us into as a church. This next chapter of our life together at ABC is going to be marked out by an increasing desire to follow Jesus and equip each other to follow Jesus more closely, to encounter God together more regularly in meetings like this, to care for our world and for those in it more radically, to share Jesus with our world more intentionally and to connect with one another more deeply. And we think that's what God is calling us into as a church community. And that if we're able to do those things, this next chapter that God will write innocent through us will be an amazing one of God doing amazing things. And now more than ever, we are reminded that our world needs beacons of light to shine brightly. And it needs churches like ours to stand up and say, we're in, we're in for the story you want to write, Lord God, to be a beacon of light in our world. No matter how dark it feels, it gets. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chapters you've written over the years here at Andover Baptist Church. And we thank you for the next chapter you have in mind to write. Lord God, we thank you that you have built us to need one another. And we know we don't get it right, and we're sorry for the times we don't get it right and that we mess up. But Lord, thank you that above all of that, we have things that unite us and bind us. And Lord God, we pray that you would build deeper connections between us. You'd help us to be that welcoming and inclusive community that is so attractive that others want to join and be a part of. Help us to play our part in that, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.